Bible says, Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. Now, the story here, let me fill you in on what's going on. Uh, Adonijah is one of Solomon's half-brothers. God had made it very clear that Solomon was supposed to be the one to take the throne, the one to be the next king for the children of Israel. <clears throat> that was Dave, David's plan. He was wanting to uh, uh, comply and go along with the Lord there. And the Lord uh, pointed out Solomon. He was supposed to be the one to take the throne. But um, his half-brother Adonijah which was brother unto Absalom, and you know the whole story with Absalom. Absalom, uh, uh, earlier, he's now dead and gone, but he, uh, in his life, uh, tried to uh, uh, take the kingdom away from his father. He, he tried to, a coup that uh, ended in his death. Remember that whole story. Anyway, uh, this is his brother, uh, Adonijah, and Adonijah had uh, designs for the throne himself. He says, I, I'm not going to let my little brother... Um, Solomon take the throne, I'm going to take the throne, and here you have this whole uh, uh, conflict. This is an inner family conflict. He says, I will be king. And this is what he did. He prepared him chariots and horsemen, <clears throat> 50 men to run before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, why hast thou done so? And he was also a very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom. So, what he does, he sets his PR team, if you will, 50 men to, to, to uh, go before him and, and say how great he is. You know, here comes Adonijah, Adonijah, the next king, you know, whatever. And, you know, boy, he's got, a, he's got an extensive PR program. And uh, he, he certainly, you know, uh, succeeded in his Madison Avenue techniques of promotion. And that's what he was doing here and uh, put a lot into it. Verse 7, and he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they, following Adonijah, helped him. So here, these two leaders in David's kingdom are joining this attempt at the throne, at, at uh, grabbing the, uh, the reins through Adonijah, their choice. But Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei, and Rei, and the mighty men which belonged to David were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone of Zoheleth, which is by Enrogel, and called all his brethren the king's sons. I mean, there was a lot of uh, relatives that he had that half-brothers and sisters that uh, Adonijah had, and I'm, I'm sure many of them that he had a great relationship with, and, uh, and, then, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants. So he, he uh, uh, got this mob together to follow him. Look at what verse 10 says. But Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, and the mighty men, and Solomon his brother, he called not. Thank you, Lord, for this, your word. I pray that you'd help us to see some things about the blacklist about those who were not invited. And Lord, I pray that in, in uh, understanding and, and get, getting some uh, 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 insight on those who were not invited, we, we learn about uh, the nature of this coup. And uh, it should give us wisdom, Lord, in applying things and where we live here in 2019 and the things that we face here at Wooden Valley Baptist Church and believers face every day. So Lord, I pray that you help us to note the message tonight, the, the topic of who wasn't invited. Lord, I pray that you just bless, bless in all that's said and done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This interfamily struggle for power is what we'll focus on in this story. I mean, there's so much in this story that we could actually go with. What an exciting, what, what a, in Cap, uh, it, uh, it just it grabs your attention just to read through the story, and we're going to do that in a little bit, but uh, uh, we're going to focus on um, this family struggle, and especially, like I say, who was not invited to the party. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, I want to notice one thing, the blacklist. When a person commits suicide, he or she is motivated in a great part by how they want to impact those left behind. 
know suicide is not a, a topic that we even like to think about, but it happens, and it happens so often, and when somebody checks out in that way, um, they're sometimes, not always, but sometimes the motives are uh, n not pure. They're motives of wanting to cause pain to others, others around them. Their greatest selfish act of their existence is oftentimes the motivating factor behind that act. The tombstone of a man once read, I told you I was sick. <laughs> really? You're going to put that on your tombstone? I mean, this identifies your whole life as, you know, you were trying to tell those, you know, around you that I'm sick and it's, it's really bad. And then they're kind of saying, well, it's not really that bad. And he's dead now. And so on his tombstone, he had written, I told you I was sick. Wow. <laughs> um, well, not always, but it's often the case that pain and sorrow is intended upon those closest to the perpetrator of suicide. And we would, be, we would be ignorant if we didn't really see that many times. The attitude is, this is going to burn them. This is going to get at them. And, and then they check out. It's really a, a coward's position. And it's, it's a terrible thing that anybody would go through. And it's not always that that's the case, you know, because sometimes there's things that, are, that people face, and sometimes maybe you have, have uh, had loved ones that were touched in this way. <coughs> but many times that's uh, what it is, is there's, it's, a, it's a, uh, a way to strike at those around we're struck with the feud between President Trump and Senator McCain, if you remember. And um, this was uh, earlier this year, right? Or was it last year where uh, John McCain passed? And uh, he saw it coming. Everybody did, the doctors and his family and everybody is with the cancer that, was, that had uh, eaten his body for, for a long time. And he knew he was passing and he knew he was going, going on. And how John McCain's last actions was to bar the president from his funeral. You remember the whole story. I'm not saying anything new or things that you don't know of, but you got to look at that and say, wow. Wow. Uh, um, talk about animosity. They, there was no love lost between President Trump and Senator McCain. It's uh, a shame that such a hatred should be nurtured even into death, but it was. It was there. And folks, I'm not commenting on the, char on the character of McCain. Um, but I, will want, I, I will say this. I don't believe anything that the media pushes. I don't believe a, a word of it. I don't believe anything. I mean, no matter what it is, whatever seems to be the, the narrative and whatever's being pushed, if it's from the, the media, uh, from the... Uh, popular media, then you can pretty much mark it down. There's, there's some kind of an angle or some kind of a, uh, a d desire that they want to push. And so, you know, anyway, just in, uh, investigate that one on your own. But anyway, um, the funeral directive was one of the last wishes of the senator. The president was not invited. Well, this attempted coup... Uh, that we read about here in uh, first, uh, Second Kings, I'm sorry, First, first Kings chapter one. Uh, this attempted coup could not have been identified any any better by the guest list that was uh, those of of uh, the the friends, the uh, the citizens that Adonijah wanted to to come to his party. Couldn't have been identified any better outside of maybe. It could have been identified, it was even more easily identified by those who were not on the guest list. And that's what we read. You remember verse number 7, 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 7. <clears throat> this is who he wanted to his party. He conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruiah, with Abiathar, the priest. And they, following Adonijah, helped him. So those were on the, on the, the good side of things. They were invited. They're on the list. But Zadok, the priest... And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei, and Ray, and the mighty men, which belonged to David, were not with Adonijah. Go down to verse number 10. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 10, it says, 
But Nathan the prophet and Benaiah and the mighty men and Solomon his brother, he called not. He made sure that they were on the blacklist. We're doing this thing. We're going to hold this party. We're going to have this uh, uh, big deal going here. And I don't want you to tell these guys. I don't want them there. I don't want them to know about this. This is something that's, uh, that we want to put on. And I don't, they're on the blacklist. We can learn a lot from those who are not invited, the, the, the guests on Adonijah's blacklist. What a great story of a Game of Thrones. <laughs> Only uh, this is not fantasy or biased with pride or immorality or foolishness. I mean, the Word of God lays things out wherever there's righteousness or immorality, it'll, it'll call it out. Uh, but this is not prime time. This is reality. This is what happens. This is history. This is the real-time accurate story of David's dynasty. As David is passing off the scene in this chapter, he's an old man. Sunday morning, we are in the chapter of this transition as David is symbolically pass passing off the scene and preparing for the divine choice of Solomon to assume the throne. He was going off the scene. He knew it. The people knew it. The priests knew it. Solomon knew it, that his choice, that God's choice was Solomon to sit on the throne. Re let me say this. Regardless of how clear the will of God is, there's always going to be those who just don't want it the way that God intends it to be. I mean, you, you can't, you can't be, live in this, in this era, in this time, and not know exactly what God's will was for the people that God spoke very clearly about that Solomon was the one that was to be sitting on the throne. They knew God's will. It was very evident. Why the coup? Well, it's then like today. Any time, there are always people, no matter what God says, no matter how, he, how clear he makes it, there are always those who just don't want it the way that God intends things to be. Good luck with that. Because <laughs> it's everywhere. But anyway... So uh, let's go ahead and take a look at, at the, the, the chapter. We start at verse number five. Um, and, uh, you know, we read down through verse number 10. And let's read that last verse again, verse number 10. And let's continue from that and, and go on to the end of the chapter. A, like I say, it's a great story, uh, great drama. So let's take a look at it. But Nathan the prophet and Benaiah and the mighty men and Solomon, his brother, he called not, which is what we're looking at tonight who wasn't invited, or the blacklist, all right? Verse 11, wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba. He comes in, and he's talking to Solomon's mom here, and he says, oh, we got problems. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. Uh, he said, hast thou not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, doth reign? And David, our Lord, knoweth it not? Now therefore come... Let me, I pray thee, give counsel that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. I'm not going to say anything about it right now, but you got to understand, in this story, they were, they were in a critical place to where if this happened, this is how it's going to fold out. If this happened, this is the way it's going to fold out. If Adonijah gets the throne, you're in trouble. You're going to be called uh, a, uh, uh, an opponent to the throne you're going to die, Solomon's going to die, this guy's going to wipe everybody out. If Solomon gets on the throne, then you'll, you'll be safe, and Solomon will be sitting on the throne. And so uh, Bathsheba, you better do something. You better do something about this, because what happens today is very, very impacting. It's going to change everything. And so uh, he says in verse 12, Now therefore, come, let me... I pray thee, give counsel that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. Go and get thee unto King David, and say unto him, Didst not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne? Why then doth Adonijah reign? He says, Now, now I've got this plan to go ahead and, and make the biggest impact on David. David's an old man. Very old, the Bible earlier, the chapter says he gets no heed, his, his body's given out in so many ways, and, and, uh, and uh, so he, he might even be, you know, when people get older, my kids all the time, they talk about my senility, and, uh, you know, I see that coming, okay, I see it, I, I see it, but, you know, anyway, um, 
So, so they're saying, now, what you got to do is you got to emphasize this to David because, I mean, he's got to act here. He's got to wake up. So you come in first. You say this. Afterwards, I'll come in. And so he's got this whole plan. He says, okay, this is what you're doing. And you ask him. Ask him these questions. Wait a minute. Did you want Adonijah to reign? Because he's sitting on the throne. He's, you know, he's you know, calling the shots now. He's saying he's going to be king. And so he says, you come in and do that. Behold, verse 14, while thou yet, yet talkest there with the king, I also would come in after thee and confirm thy words. And Bathsheba went in unto the king, into the chamber, and the king was very old, and Abishad the Shunammite ministered unto the king. And Bathsheba bowed and did obeisance unto the king, and the king said, What wouldest thou? And she said unto him, my Lord, thou swearest by the Lord thy God unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, thy son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne. And now, behold, Adonijah reigneth, and now, my Lord the king, thou knowest it not. And you don't even know what's going on in your kingdom here. Verse 19. And, and he hath slain oxen and fat cattle and sheep in abundance, and hath called all the sons of the king, and Abiath are the priest, and Joab the captain of the host, but Solomon, thy servant, hath he not called? And thou, my lord, O king, the eyes of all Israel are upon thee, that thou shouldst tell them who shall sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after them. Everybody's watching for your reaction here. What are you going to say about this? Otherwise it shall come to pass, when my lord, the king, shall sleep with his fathers, that I and my son Solomon shall be counted offenders. And lo, while she had talked with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. And they told the king, saying, Behold, Nathan the prophet. And when he was coming before the king, he bowed himself before the king with his face to the ground. Same uh, uh, song, verse 2, same thing. Nathan said, O my lord, king, hast thou said, Adonijah shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne? For he has gone down this day, and hath slain oxen, and fat cattle, and sheep, in abundance, and hath called all the king's sons, and the captain of the host, and Abiath are the priest. And behold, they eat and drink before him, and say, God save king Adonijah. But me, even thy servant, he's talking about himself, Nathan, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and thy servant Solomon, hath he, call, hath he not called? Blacklisted. <clears throat> Is this thing done by my lord the king? I mean, are, are you behind this? Is this what you want? Is this your will? Is this thing done by my lord the king, and thou hast not showed it unto thy servant who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? And King David, finally, he has moved to action. He answered and said, <coughs> Call me Bathsheba. And, he, and she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. I like that. Where's my wife? That's good. I, I like this guy saying, Hey, get my wife here. And then she comes right there. <laughs> That's cool. Well, she's not, she's not laughing. Okay, let's, let's move on. Anyway, so he calls in Bathsheba, verse 29, and the king swore and said, As the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all distress, even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, thy son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead. Even so will I certainly do this day. He said, God said it, and I'm for this. I want, my will is the same as God's will. Solomon is supposed to sit on the throne. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and did reverence to the king and said, Let my lord, uh, King David, live forever. And King David called, uh, said, Call me Zadok, the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king. And the king says, Okay, guys, we got to work quickly here. We're having an inauguration. And we're going to do it, and we're going to do it big time. I mean, we're going we're gonna to blow the doors out of here. We're going to have a celebration that, that will end all celebrations. And, and we're going to make it so big and so notable. Pay attention. This is what he says. <clears throat> they came before the king. Verse 33. The king said unto them, Take with you the servants of your Lord and cause Solomon, my son, to ride on my own mule and bring him down to Gihon. Now, that means the, a mule is, is, uh, was supposed to be like in peacetime. It was the king's uh, personal limo. Nobody's to ride on that mule. Bring him down there because Solomon's going to sit on it. He said, bring, bring, and, and that was significant. By the way, that's, you remember when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he rode upon a mule. And that's 
the, the king coming into uh, uh, the, the city. Anyway, verse 34. Let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there, king over Israel, and blow ye with the trumpet and say, God save King Solomon. Then shall ye come up after him, he, that he may come up and sit upon my throne for for he shall be king in my stead, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. And Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen, the Lord God of my Lord, the king, say so too. By the way, that's what amen means. So be it. Or that's right. I'm saying the same thing that you're saying. So be it. So just the same thing too. So when the preacher preaches and something is, is valid, something is true, something is worthy of emphasis, you could say amen. That means that's right. I'm saying the same thing that you're saying. Amen. That's good. That's a, that's a good uh, uh, definition of that. I know we're in a situation where, well, that's, you know, old school and whatever. That's okay. It's Bible. Let's do that. Let's, let's uh, go ahead and say amen when we're supposed to. Amen? amen? Amen. Good. All right. Let's move on. As the Lord hath been with my Lord, the King, even so be he with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and, and uh, the Sherethites and the Pelethites went down and caused Solomon to ride upon King David's mule and brought him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet and all the people said, God, save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him. And the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth rent with the sound of them. Talk about a party. Talk about a bash. Man, they had a celebration. And they were, they were making it known that Solomon is the next king. He's sitting on the throne. Finally, he's going to be our next king. And there was a rejoicing. And man, it was loud. And it was it was boisterous and it was opulent and man they put into that thing it was a celebration and Adonijah and all the guests that were with him you remember what they were doing they were having their whoo, little party you know right and so the people that were with him they had made an, an end of eating and when Joab heard the sound of the trumpet he said Wherefore is this sound, uh, wherefore is this noise of the city being in an uproar? What's going on here? There's something taking place here. What, what, is there a battle or something? And while he had spake, behold, Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest, came. And Adonijah said unto him, Come in, for thou art a valiant man, and bring us good tidings. And Jonathan answered and said unto Adonijah, Sorry, got no good tidings for you. <laughs> You're in the wrong seat, pal. He says, Verily, our Lord King David hath made Solomon king. Now, you remember what they were doing. They were, in, they were active in a coup. They were trying to rip the, the, the uh, nation, the throne, from David and from Solomon. And they were, oh man, not a small transgression. And so he says, David's made Solomon king. Verse 44, And the king sent with him Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehoiada and the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to ride upon the king's mule. You don't have the king's mule, do you? Solomon's on the king's mule. And boy, everybody knew that. I mean, this was very evident. It's very evident. This was a coup. This was, this was unauthorized. This was illegal. This was contrary to the will of the king, contrary to the will of God's plan, contrary to, to the, the present leader of the nation. Oh, goodness. And Zadok, verse 45, and Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, had anointed him king in Gihon, and they are come from, up from thence rejoicing, so that the city rang again. This is the noise that, we have, that ye have heard. And also Solomon sitteth on the throne of the kingdom. And moreover, the king's servant came to bless our Lord King David, saying, God, make the name of, name of Solomon better than thy name, and make his throne greater than thy throne. And the king bowed himself upon the bed. This is King David. David showed his allegiance, showed his will. This is the next king. This is my choice. And also, thus said the king, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, which hath given one to sit on my throne this day, mine eyes even seeing it. <clears throat> and all the, oh, this is good. I like this, verse 49. All the guests that were with Adonijah were afraid. 
Now it's, it's not rejoicing now. They're not having a party. They're not just, uh, you know, uh, uh, throwing the confetti and, and eating and, and dancing. No, 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 no. It says, and, and they that were with Adonijah were afraid and they rose up and went every man his way. They, I'm going home. I'm not staying here. You can't make me stay here. You can't pay me to stay in this, this crowd. And they're trying to, they're trying to be feet and, and, and pretend like they never were here. Goodness. And Adonijah feared. Let me read that again. I like that. I love that. Adonijah feared. Now, he wasn't proud here. He wasn't boisterous. He wasn't saying, hey, listen, this is, I got this thing. No, no, no. Adonijah feared because of Solomon and arose and went and caught hold on the horns of the altar. By the way, <clears throat> Solomon was a type of Christ. That's what Jesus said. Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. And he's talking about himself. This, you, you can't read this story without seeing the, the, the similarities between Adonijah, who will make himself king. I will be king. I will raise up above the stars of God. I will do this. I will be like the most high. Isn't that what Satan said? And he's trying to put on with his PR and everything else. I remember preaching a message about this. How, how similar Adonijah uh, uh, resembles Satan. And he's having his little party today and it's a little teeny nothing junk party compared to the real celebration when king jesus takes the throne and here jesus sits on the throne and he is is shaken in his boots verse 50 again and adonijah feared because of solomon and arose and went and caught on hold on the horns of the altar that was a place of mercy as a place to where they could say, hey, listen, I'm here and, and I'm humble and I'm, I'm bowing before you. Don't kill me. That's what he was begging. He's begging for his life here. Caught hold on the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, saying, behold, Adonijah feareth King Solomon, for he hath caught hold on the horns of the altar, saying, let King Solomon swear unto me today that he will not slay his servant with the sword. Oh, now he's his servant. He's not the king. He's not going to be the next one in line for the throne. No, 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 I'm your servant. And he bows down and he's, he's humble here. And Solomon said, if he will show himself a worthy man, there shall not an hair of him fall to the earth. But if wickedness shall be found in him, he shall die. He showed some real restraint and wisdom here. I mean, God gave this man wisdom. You, you look at his ruling, ruling over the throne, certainly was the wisest man on earth above any man outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. And he, he shows that restraint and wisdom here. So King Solomon sent, and they brought him down from the altar, and he came and bowed himself to the King Solomon. And Solomon said unto him, Go home. Now go home. Go to thine house. I like that. Get home. Get out of here. Wow. <clears throat> So what we're looking at tonight is the, the one aspect of this, not everything which you can apply, so many things, um, the blacklist. Who was not invited to Adonijah's party? So those who were on the in list and those who are on the out list, let's take a look at them. Adonijah's guest list, they were on the in, they were friends with Adonijah to begin with, and he invited Abiathar. That was David's spiritual leader. He was a descendant of Eli. He was uh, supposed to be in line for, to be the high priest, the high priest of God. And as a matter of fact, he did help David in, in his earlier years. He was faithful to David. He, he stuck his net out. Uh, you remember when um, Saul came looking for David at the temple and he called all the priests and, and uh, he says, okay, which one of you is, you know, what are you doing hiding David and and they said, no, King, we didn't know anything was up. We didn't know there was any controversy. And he slew the, the priests, the, what, 50 or 80 priests that were there, slew them all, and, and Abiathar uh, got out of there. He was uh, son of Ahitub, the priest. He was in line for the, for the priesthood. He was faithful to King David. He came to David and told him what was going on, risked his life. He served under David. He was, he was uh, at one time, David's spiritual leader. There was Abiathar. And then there was Joab. He was David's military leader. He was the guy that kind of uh, worked up among the ranks. He was a, a soldier of soldiers. This guy was 
bad. If you, if you like soldiers or you like war stories or if you like, you know, uh, 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 courage and, and uh, uh, you know, that kind of valor, oh, man, that, that, that's a picture. But he had more than just ability. He, he, had, a, he had a spirit, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit, about how that he was too hard, too harsh. He, he, he kind of wanted his own will many times when David says, okay, this is what we're doing, and Joab kind of went further or, or didn't do what David wanted him to, him to do, and it was a grief to David, but he was the military leader at one time. And then in a, Adonijah's guest list, there was the mobs, the followers of uh, his, the family that he had, the half-brothers and sisters, and you know the, those that were on his side and friends. <clears throat> There are, there are uh, past dictators who have revealed, really, what they're up to and all, and they call the mobs useful idiots. Did you, ever have, did you ever hear that before? Useful idiots. You know what useful idiots are? Mobs that you can use to your, your advantage. It's not like they know anything. It's not, you're, you're manipulating them. And Adonijah had useful idiots. He had people that kind of followed him and they didn't know the score. They don't know what was going on. I mean, he's related to the king, so this is what he does. And, and he kind of deceived them to come follow him. And so that was, those were the people on Adonijah's guest list. Now, <clears throat> on Adonijah's blacklist was Nathan, Benaiah, the mighty men that followed David, and then Solomon, of course. Nathan was David's true spiritual counsel. I mean, <clears throat> all through David's life, even when David was wrong... Nathan was true to God. And you know what? He was true to God, so faithful to God, that he risked his own neck when he came in. You remember when this whole thing with Bathsheba and the cover-up of the murder of Uriah the Hittite and all that kind of thing? And Nathan comes in by the direction of God, and he says, David, we got a problem. Sit down, listen. Here was this man that had this one little ewe sheep, this little ewe lamb, and uh, man, he loved that thing like like a family member. That's all he had. He didn't have you know great you know flocks and herds and everything. He, he was a poor man that had the sheep, and he loved this sheep. It was just like a pet to him, like a like a, a family member. If you've ever had a dog or uh, whatever as a you know family member that you love, and you, you can understand the love that you can have for that kind of thing. I don't understand cats. I, I'm not sure about cats. You've got to be demon-possessed or something. But nonetheless, you, know, you might say, no, preacher, yeah, cats are wonderful. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> there are no cats in heaven. There are dogs. All dogs go to heaven, but no cats. But anyway, um, <laughs> but if, if you've had a, a family uh, pet, I mean, you can really get close. And, and he says, now, David, here's this guy that has this little ewe lamb. It's just like his own family, like a daughter to him. And next door was this guy with thousands of sheep, cattle, and, you know, riches. And a friend of the rich guys came over and said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm showing up here, and, and let's, uh, let's celebrate. And so he said, Yeah, that's a good idea. And he tells the servant, Go down and get that guy's little ewe lamb and kill it. Bring it over here. We're going to have it for dinner. And David hears that whole story, and his indignation just rises up and he says what he says that he should he should replace that lamb fourfold and he should die he went even be beyond the 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 uh, uh the law which says to replace it he says fourfold and he should die and then that's where nathan takes off the the, the masquerade and he says thou art the man goodness To do that kind of thing, he had to be true to God. Now, David was his friend. David was, was the king. David had so many things going for him. And this relationship that he and Nathan had enjoyed over the years was, was wonderful, but not above God. And Nathan was true to God. And, and, and so Nathan was David's true spiritual counsel. With him through thick and thin. And when David was out of sorts, Nathan stood there and he was who he needed to be. <clears throat> and then you had Benaiah. 
know, he was on the blacklist. Now, he was David's faithful military leader that uh, kind of took things over after Joab was uh, uh, discounted. And then it said that uh, the mighty men were with David. These were the guys that, that went with David in the hold. He, they, they were at the cave of Adullam. They were, they were with him when they were running. The Bible says that they were, they were uh, uh, in debt and depressed and discouraged, and they flocked unto David, and David became a king to these guys, and David treated them right and led them in battle, and, man, they, they you know, learned the art of war, and they paid attention, and they were David's mighty men. As a matter of fact, there's a, a couple of chapters that deal with David's mighty men and goes through the, the 300, at first it was 300, and then later five or 600, <clears throat> but it, the, 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 uh, uh, the leaders of those mighty men, there's 30 of those guys that are actually given by name. Uriah the Hittite was one of them, and uh, so he talks about these guys, that were, you know, this guy did this, this guy did that. Man, they were, they were accomplished warriors, and they were true to David. They talk about ins and outs, and, and uh, in the good times and also the bad times, they, were, they went through with David, and they understood, and they understood who David was, and that David was, was God's man, God's leader, and they followed him. They were, they were David's foxhole warriors. And then, of course, on the blacklist was Solomon. <clears throat> so let's take a look at this. The unfaithful. Those on Adonijah's guest list, they were the ones allowed into the party. Abiathar. Although he fought with David earlier on, he failed in his choice to remain faithful to David right here in this, in this conflict. Here you got something that, that's very clearly against God's will, against David's uh, plans and his intentions, and he sides up with the enemy. He sides up with the, those who are, who are rebelling against that, who are trying to, to uh, uh, snatch the, the uh, throne. While he was slated to be the high priest, Zadok was later elevated to an equal position. Uh, and, and this is neither here nor there, but just facts about uh, Abiathar. In 2 Samuel 15, 29, it says, Zadok, therefore, and Abiathar carried the ark of God again to Jerusalem, and they tarried there. There was a time where, now, now Abiathar was supposed to be the high priest and all, but I don't know, maybe some, somewhere along the line, uh, uh, here's Abiathar and Zadok came into the picture, and Zadok was a good, faithful man, good priest, and they were, they were co-equal here in this the sharing of the duties and whatever, who eventually would become the high priest that would, was yet to be seen. But here's Abiathar and Zadok, and they were both serving. Now, being that Abiathar was Eli's great-great-grandchild, I think it was, he was supposed to be the one on the throne, I mean, according to succession, but uh, Eli was cursed. You, you remember who Eli was? He was the, the priest that was there that kind of trained little Samuel when, when the kingdom was in a mess. It was a terrible, uh, dark time. Hophni and Phinehas were Eli's sons that were uh, having immoral relationships with the women at the temple, and they, were, they disregarded the things of God, and they just did what they were going to do. And Eli, oh, he was a great teacher. Now, you shouldn't do that. That's wicked. That's wicked. That's wicked. And they said, <laughs> You know, stick it out your nose, Dad. Forget it. We're going to do what we want to do. Oh, but that's not right. That's not right. I mean, he preached right, but he didn't make them do right. <coughs> Parents, what a... That's, that's a sermon we don't have time for tonight. <laughs> but, uh, boy, that's, that's good. But anyway, so uh, <clears throat> Eli, because of what he did, he was cursed to lose his seed for the priesthood because of his failure in parenting Hophni and Phinehas. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30, Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. This is God telling him, this is what I had intended, this is what I planned for you, Eli, that, that your seed would be on the throne as the, the, the uh, uh, high priest, serving me in that capacity forever. But now, the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thy house. Oh, wow. So God, way back then, with this curse upon him and his descendants, 
me ask you something. Do you think Abiathar, he's the great, great grandson of Eli? And, you know, he's one of the high priests, one of the few left of Eli's descendants. Hophni and Phinehas were killed. And do you think, do you think Abiathar knew about this curse? Do you think he was aware? I say, do you think he could not be aware? Is there some way that he is a, the priest and he, he knows the scripture that we just read? That he could not be aware? Of course he was aware. Seeing the rise of Zadok could have influenced him to maybe jump ship. Say, this doesn't look good. It's me and Zadok are now in the same you know, position and, and uh, you know, it doesn't look good. I don't know what David's thinking or whatever. And so he's going to try to manipulate things himself or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. You, you, you know, we could speculate about that, but who knows what's in the human heart. That was Abiathar. And then you look at Joab. Oh, my goodness. Joab had some kind of a past. Look at how Joab tipped his hand, uh, or David tipped his hand toward Joab in his last will and testament to Solomon. David's passing off the scene. The very last thing that he says in instruction to Solomon. Solomon's going to be taken to the throne. He knows Solomon's taken to the throne. He knows he's going to be the one sitting on the throne. And he says, son, before I die, get your notepad. I'm going to give you some instruction on some things, some loose ends you need to take care of. I didn't finish on these tasks. You need to finish on these tasks. So, Joe, uh, so Solomon goes ahead and he he gets a, a notepad and a pen, or maybe it was an uh, iPad, I don't know. Anyway, um, and he says, sure, Dad, go. And this is what he said, First Kings chapter 2, verse number 1. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, pay attention, son, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. It's going to take a man to sit on this throne. It's going to take a man. It's gonna, some of these things are going to be hard. You're going to have to do them. You're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to rise to the occasion. I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. Verse 3. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies. And, he, and he's telling him, son, this is what you need to do. Pay attention. These are the loose ends. And he, and he talks about uh, Joab, verse number 5. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruiah did to me, and what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he slew and shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle that was about his loins and in the shoes that were on his feet. You remember that story here where, you know, the, the kingdom was going from Saul to, uh, to David, and everybody's moving over, but uh, these guys, Abner and... and um, uh, who did he mention just now? Uh, Abner and Amasa. These were, these were warriors on the other side. and They were fighting, but now there's peacetime. Now God's putting the, the, the kingdom back together. David's taking the throne. David says, okay, we're not going to fight our own brethren here. These guys that were from the house of Benjamin, they're all, now we're one happy family. We're all on one side. And that's David's, that's David's uh, plan. But uh, uh, Joab says, hang on, Abner killed my little brother. And you know that whole story there if you know your Bible. Goodness, talk about keeping a uh, grudge. Oh, man, he had a grudge. He hated, he hated Abner. He, he killed my little brother, um, Asahel. And he wasn't going to let it go. Although Asahel asked for it, you know, in that whole battle, you know, Abner says, hey, get out of here, kid. I don't want to kill you because if I kill you, how am I going to face your brother? Because he knew that the kingdoms were getting put back together again. And Asahel, Asahel wouldn't uh, 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 hear of it. And he was chasing him, chasing him, thinking, hey, man, look at this. I got this trophy. And so Abner, he takes the, the hinder end of his spear as he's running. And he thrusts it through the, underneath the fifth rib of, of Asahel, Joab's little brother. Joab wasn't going to let that one go. 
He didn't care about this peace thing. He didn't care about any of this. He was the one that, that he was going to do what he wanted to do. And now David says, okay, now we're all one happy family. Abner, you come on in and you, you're working for me now and all of this kind of stuff. And when Joab found out about that, you remember the whole story, how that he, he uh, came and, and uh, spoke to Abner in the gate. And he says, Abner, hey, I got, I got a, uh, something for you. Listen, listen, shh, shh, don't tell anybody. Come here. And he, and he says, yeah, what, what's going on here? And he takes his, his knife under the fifth rib, just like he killed Asahel, he, he slaughters Abner. And that was not David's plan. That was not what David had intended. That was not David's will. And here's Joab all the time. You remember David's attitude toward that. He says, Joab's, he's not doing what, he's, what, I'm, what I want done. He's doing his own will. He's doing his own thing. He's going his own way. I'm, I'm uh, trying to lead this way. And he's got his own idea about how things should go. And he's not in the lines. And he's not uh, uh, in su submission. And you know what? All of these things kind of piled up and piled up. That was Joab. And he's telling Solomon, now listen, this is what happened with Joab, and, and maybe I should have acted, I, I have not, but, and he says, listen, in verse number six, do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his forehead go down to the grave in peace. He says, Joab needs some, some, uh, some justice here. And, he, and that's, where, that's his last words, verse 10. So David slept with his father and was buried in the city of David. So you, you, you see about these, these guys that were called unto uh, the, the coup, the rebellion. And you're going to understand how they fit right in that group. I mean, they're, 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 they fit in, in the, 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 the party that was the, uh, 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 the self-will rulership. Joab was always too hard. He was always uncooperative. He only followed David in letter, not in the spirit. He pushed for his own will, his own plan, and he was part of the, uh, the guest list. Now, um, those who were faithful to David, the ones who were on the blacklist of Adonijah, they were Nathan and Benaiah and the mighty men, and Solomon, of course. These were the men who proved themselves. They fought with David. They displayed their loyalty. They wanted God's will as much as David did. So what do we learn about Adonijah's blacklist? You know what, we can, we can, you know, I could preach a series on this, I really could. Don't tempt me, because <laughs> I might, but anyway, uh, this is great stuff, but just let's, let's kind of uh, condense it into a few points, and we'll be done here today. What do you learn about Adonijah's blacklist, the ones who were not invited? Number one, mobs have no discernment. You know, uh, Adonijah got not only his... Uh, half-brothers and sisters and people in his own family that were with him, friends of his, got, his own, got the ones who were rebellious, the ones who, who already had it in. They already had something in their craw. They already had some kind of a dissatisfaction with the status quo, what's going on in David's kingdom, and they were easy harvest for him to have in his party, in his coup. But then he, he, the Bible says it wasn't just them. It was a whole lot of people of Judah. They were the useful idiots. They didn't know. They didn't know what was going on. They, they, but they were being manipulated. They were the ones that thought, well, I guess this is okay. And you know what? They didn't know. Maybe they weren't up on God's promises that he said very clearly, Solomon shall be the, the, the king. I mean, anybody could have, but uh, maybe they weren't. They didn't know those things. And here, those mobs have no discernment. Folks, this is always the case. Always. Mobs don't have discernment. You know, if it's going to be according to the popular uh, uh, desire, popular entertainment, popular uh, mindset, attitude about things, you can't trust it. Because mobs have no discernment. It's always the case. You remember what happened when Moses came down from the mount and they were doing all this foolishness? And, uh, oh no, this was uh, in, in Numbers chapter 16, where uh, there, were, there was a rebellion against Moses. Yeah, I remember Corin, Dathan, and all. There was a rebellion against Moses, and, you know, Moses was a humble guy, and he didn't say much about that, and, and, uh, but he was afraid of what God would do here, and so he comes to the Lord and says, Lord, what, what should we do here? And he says, okay, separate the crowd, put, 
put uh, Cora and Dathan and uh, those guys off to one side, and I'll take care of them. And this is what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 16, verse 33. They and all that pertain to them went down alive into the pit. You remember what Moses said? Listen, if you die a natural death, let's say you guys all have a heart attack right now. Well, you know, that might have just happened. It might have been coincidence. But if, if God does something special, I mean, if he opens up the earth and you guys are swallowed in and the earth closes on you and your, your families, then you know that God is behind us, okay? <laughs> I mean, is that clear or is that not clear? And that's exactly what happened. It says, uh, they and all that pertained unto them went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. The three or four or five million Jews that were watching what was taking place in plain sight, God destroyed these that were in that rebellion against Moses. And then you read the next day, chapter 16, number 16, verse 41. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. Wait, 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 what? <laughs> what, were, what were they saying? They were blaming Moses because Moses killed it. It looked like God did that. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like Moses killed him. You know, Moses said, hey, you better stay away from these guys. God's mad at them, and God's going to act here, and God does act here, opens up the earth, swallows them up, and, and uh, crunches them up, and, uh, and then they say, you have killed the, the people of the Lord? <laughs> Come on, are you, are you serious? That was, that was as, as much discernment as they had. Hey, folks, be careful of popular trends or practices or crowds or books or movements that happen, and they're there all the time. If it's not this thing, it's another thing. They're always going to come along. There's always going to be a popular trend of people just following stuff. Mobs cannot be trusted. Ever. Ever. And I'm telling you, whatever the world does is what the world's going to do. Don't, don't pay attention. Don't worry about that. Mobs have no discernment. What do we learn about Adonijah's blacklist? Mobs have no discernment. Number two, line up with Scripture, not personalities. <clears throat> every time, every person, every instance was safe with the promise of God, the warning of God, the word of God. Whenever God says something, it doesn't matter what it looks like, just go with it. Just, just be faithful to the word of God, not personalities. Because even good men go bad. Folks, Abiathar was actually working, uh, uh, risked his neck for David earlier on in the ministry. I mean, he was a good man, and he did, he did do, do those things. And there were those who were friends of his, I'm sure, and they followed Abiathar, and they said, listen, if Abiathar is going doing this, and you know what, they weren't paying attention what God said. They were saying, this man can't be wrong. You know what, I, I, I just, it irks me, it irks me when I, I go through a, a series or something where I teach the word of God, and this is what the Bible says, and we look at, we turn over every stone, we see what the scripture says, we, you know, uh, uh, mostly in classes, like in Sunday school or whatever, just lay it out here and here and here and here and just lay it all out. And then somebody comes to me, inevitably, somebody will come to me afterwards and they'll say, yeah, but preacher, what about Dr. So-and-so? Or what about this preacher that disagrees with you? And I go, I don't, I don't know what Dr. So-and-so does or why he does whatever he does, but what does the Bible say? What saith the scripture? I don't care. Folks, if I go wrong off the scripture, don't follow me. <laughs> Get away, you know. Go your own way then. It's the scripture that is to be followed. It's God's word that is faithful. It's God's word that is clear. And you know that that's, that's God's will. Not man. Men, even good men, go off. Line up with scripture, not with personalities. Here are these personalities in David's kingdom. Uh, there, there were many people that just kind of flocked with them and said, hey, well, they got to be good people. I mean, they were in David's uh, entourage earlier on. So they must be okay. Men go bad. Schools go bad. Churches go off. Folks, it happens all the time. You better, you better be on guard for that because you know the, the natural tendency for uh, anything that man has his hand in, it's going to go south. 
I, I've got my schooling, my Bible college uh, education at Bishop in Springfield, Missouri, you know. And, <laughs> you, know, you know, now I'm really seriously looking at where it is today. It's not even, I'm not even the, it's just so far, so far off. And it's like, man, what in the world happened there? But that's normal. You better but just kind of expect it. So, so how, do you, how do you bolster against it? Line up with the scripture, not personalities. Another thing that we learn about Adonijah's blacklist is note the blacklist. Pay attention to the blacklist. There's always a blacklist. You know, there's always those who are not invited to that party. Those who are not welcome there. Those who are just sticking them on. We don't want this guy coming because he's going to say, oh, well, what's the scripture? How about? You know, and well, they don't like that. And so note the black, there's always a blacklist. There's a reason that Nathan, there's a reason that Beniah, there's a reason that Solomon were not invited to this party. I'm weary of situations where I don't have access to troubleshoot or to observe or to give guidance in something that, that uh, uh, goes around in the church. And, uh, you know, I just got to hear by, you know, word of mouth. Listen, I, I want to say this here. I thank God for having him put me in this place to be shepherd, to be the, the overseer, to be the, the under-shepherd. Actually, the Lord is a shepherd, but I'm the under-shepherd put in this place to, to watch and to care for. And, and I take that, that job seriously. And I thank God for it. And I, I many times it's, it's not a, a fun thing to do. You know, you go through and you find this. What, what's going on over here? Wait, wait, wait. What's this? Or what's this teaching? Or what, who's, who's promoting this stuff here? And I got to get on to somebody and offend somebody or whatever, you know. And because, you know, I'm, I'm maybe not, you know, I see some things that need to get, have correction. And it's not always fun and games. But I want to say I enjoy that position. Um, maybe that's not the word for it. I thank God that he's placed me there and the attitude that I have as shepherd here. Many times there are things that, and, and, and I, I appreciate being able to be there and to kind of oversee and watch for this and that. You know, if you're involved in some ministry or whatever, and I have to get on to you, and I'm saying, you know, I wonder about uh, the direction that we're going here. Don't, don't kick at me. Just understand that the Lord has put me in this situation. Now I've got to give that guidance. I've got to give... That direction, and sometimes uh, I might, you know, I might have a, a valid, and sometimes it might be nothing. But you need to thank God and consider your preacher that is giving direction, because that's well, that's what God gave me. He, he placed me in that in that position, and I appreciate that. And I, but like I say, every once in a while, there's things that I I don't have access to, and I don't like that. I don't like that at all because I got to hear from the grapevine what happened there, what's going on here, what's you know because. You know, I, I don't have, you know, that kind of a, a oversight, you know, because uh, I'm a control freak. Is that what? <laughs> anyway, um, getting back to the point, there's a reason that Nathan and Benaiah and Solomon were not invited. There's always a blacklist. Pay attention to the blacklist. Teenagers, you, some friend of yours down the block has a party. And, and you're privileged to be invited. Somebody that's in the in crowd came to you and said, hey, man, you need to come. You need to, to, to uh, uh, make it here because it's going to be a great party or whatever. And, and uh, you say, uh, Mom, Dad, uh, I'm going to go down and be, you know, this Friday. I'm going to be at this party over here or whatever. And your parents say, who's going? Or you know what they could say is, who's not going? <laughs> who's not invited? That's important. Who's not invited? Because there's always a blacklist. There's always those that are not invited. Pay attention. There is always a blacklist. Here in our, in our passage of scripture that we started, this guy was invited, and this guy, and this guy, we're having a big party, and you know who was not invited? Uh, uh, specifically, Solomon and his crowd. They were not so note the blacklist. And then the last point that I want to say here is, what do you learn about this blacklist? Watch the party that you attend. 
It makes all the difference in the world. Let me say this. God's parties are the best. <laughs> the parties that he puts on are wonderful. They're great. There's nothing bad in it. And, and they're the greatest of the celebrations anywhere. His parties are the best. Look at 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 40. Uh, we already read this, but it says, And all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth rent with the sound of them. Verse 46, And also Solomon sitteth on the throne of the kingdom. Verse 49, And all the guests that were with uh, Adonijah were afraid and rose up and went every man his way. And Adonijah feared it. Listen, we're talking about God's parties. When they get going, then the enemy disperses. Soon it'll be all, all over but the crying. And you know who's going to be crying? Those that are in Adonijah's party. King Jesus will take the throne soon. Then it'll make all the difference in the world which party you've attended. Satan and his coup will tremble, will fear, because King Jesus takes the throne. You know what? You're going to be grateful to be in the right party. I want, to, I want to make sure that the party I'm going to is God's party. <laughs> Every head bowed, nobody looking for just a moment. Lord, thank you so much for this instruction.